Okay, everybody wants to take their seats. We're going to get started here. I guess I'm not saying the right words. It's all right, right? Now we're getting everybody set down. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. All right. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, Lord. Thank you for um, just being with us every day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, this morning that that spirit would not only guide me, but uh, would guide those in this congregation, that they would hear your word speak to them, and that would, they would take it deep, deep into their hearts this morning, Lord. And uh, we just want to be sure to give you all the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning we are uh, going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you'll turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm a little hoarse this morning, so I may be having to take a water break every once in a while. So we've been in, in 2 Timothy for a little while now, um, last couple of weeks, and uh, a letter, Timothy wrote a letter uh, back to, these, to uh, Timothy about um, just how to stay faithful and uh, to remain a faithful minister. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, was all about he was telling him how to be a, a minister and how to, how to do church, basically. We know these are the last days of Paul's life. Um, he's, been, uh, he's living under the persecution of Nero, and um, it, was a it was a hard time for Christians during this, this time period. And again, Paul knows that he's going to die soon. And um, the, the cool, cool part about Paul is that um, a while back I read a book uh, called Finishing Strong. And that's all about what Paul wants to do, and it's all about what he wants Timothy to do. He wants him to remain strong in the faith, and he wants him to finish uh, his ministry st strong. So... As we uh, as as we're going through uh, chapter three, um, it's it's a chapter that recently I just read part of it uh, to to a family member. I'll just put it that way um, because he struggles with um, a relationship with Christ. Um, he's not a churchgoer, um, and his family, they've been through a lot of struggles recently in the last year or so, and um, so I'm just going to read, read to you guys what I read to him um, a few weeks ago, 
and it starts out in verse 1 it says but know this that in the last days perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful and unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal despisers of good traitors headstrong heart haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and the reason I wanted to read that to him is um, in his struggles I felt like he was uh, feeling many of those things and I want to I want to break down um, these things um, each one of them a little bit um, but first one it says in the last days the last days Actually, uh, Scott's talked about it a lot uh, recently and before. We're, we're in the last days from the time, uh, actually, that Paul wrote this letter, even uh, actually from the time that uh, Jesus was resurrected. We were in, we're in the last days until today. And in those last days, it says perilous times will come. And we know that... Uh, Perilous times are all around us right now. Um, it's uh, man's rebellion against God's will. And uh, that's what causes these perilous times. Uh, fierce times is what, what we could refer to them as as well. Um, men will be lovers of themselves. Oh my gosh. Um, how true that is in this day and age that we live in. People are so selfish. They're so self-centered. Um, they only want what's best for them. And um, th they have an unwillingness uh, to sacrifice for others. I think of um, when I was reading through this and, and listening to some teachings on this, um, about uh, unwilling to sacrifice for others. I thought about uh, how many of you guys have watched Star Trek before? Yeah? So um, Mr. Spock in one of the, uh, it was in one of the movies, he talked about he was going into uh, a radiation booth where he knew he was going to be killed, but it was going to that was going to save the ship. What he was going to do inside, where all this radiation was, and uh, he told uh, Captain Kirk, he said, uh, "The sacrifices of the one are are better than." Uh, the sacrifices for the many. So, in other words, what he was saying, I, I didn't. I'm not quoting it. I should have wrote it down because I'm not quoting it exactly. But um, he was sacrificing himself for the good of the rest of the ship, so they would live. And uh, today's day and age, um, people are, in so many ways, they they don't think about their fellow man they don't think about um, how what they do affects other people um, another thing that's really suffered I believe because of selfishness is uh, a marriage uh, so many people you know 
in this day and age, the, they they get married, but then for whatever reason, it's almost like in the ancient times when the uh, guys could, could get a divorce for like if uh, their wife burned their toast, right? So, uh, and it's almost like that nowadays. I mean, if people even get married, I mean, so many people don't even get married, they just live together. But... Um, Marriage has definitely suffered because of people's selfishness. People, uh, they decide they just decide they don't want to be married anymore, and they just go go their own way. They they uh, want their own happiness. Their own happiness is all that they care about. Um, they're lovers of money. Um, you know, it's okay to have a, a job and. You want to provide for your family. There's not a thing wrong with that. But um, sometimes people get carried away with that love for money. And uh, it, what happens is it, be, it starts to get to be the most important thing in their life is money. And uh, their, their love of money trumps their love for God. And that's where it really gets, uh, you know, scary. Um, greed is something that, uh, you know, one of the guys I was listening to teaching, he was talking about that, that word in his day used to be really a bad word because anybody that was greedy was, uh, you know, just not a good person. Um, another, another word I think more readily describes, uh, what some people, uh, think about it's a it's a synonym for greed. It's avarice, and people are uh, they're never satisfied. No matter how much money they have, they just keep they want to build up more money and more money and more money. And you know the Bible tells us that the love of money uh, and the love of mammon that's that's just not good. They're boasters. Um, they have exaggerated self self worth. They're braggarts, and uh, again, uh, their focus is all on self and and not on others. Uh, you know, Jesus cared so much about uh, other people, and he demonstrated it all throughout um, his teachings and uh, about how much um, he loved other people. People are proud. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Debbie and I, we watched uh, the show called uh, Life Below Zero. And um, <laughs> we think it's funny, so funny. Sometimes there's a, a gal on that show. Um, she does something, goes out by herself. And I, I have to give the gal credit. I mean, she's, she's living in a place all by herself, like for nine months of the year, and doing all the chores and everything. She lives uh, close to, uh, or like, close to the Arctic, Arctic Sea. Um, and I give her credit. She can do a lot of things, but one of her favorite comments is, I'm proud of myself. And um, pride is something that that we can never ever um, 
feel. I mean, when we start getting this exaggerated self-worth and when we, we become proud, that's, that's how Satan fell because of his pride. And uh, that it's just a, a characteristic and that uh, Paul is telling Timothy that uh, people are going to be like that and don't be surprised about wh how that, when that happens. Um, another group of people I think about when I think about uh, prideful people are athletes sometimes. And um, I got a favorite guy that, that is an athlete that, that uh, is not like that. He has a super ability, but he gives God all the credit uh, for, for his ability. And that's, if we would remember, you know, even in our lives, how God gives us all abilities, right? He gives us all things that we can do to serve him. But we have to remember they're in service of him and that he gives us those abilities and they're not, not things to be taken for granted. People will be blasphemers and um, foul language and abusive speech. Those are all things that um, unfortunately we hear all the time. Um, I remember... Uh, when I was young, growing up, that uh, that's one thing that I never heard my parents ever use foul language. Um, and I know that uh, that was something that you didn't do in front of women or children. Uh, but nowadays, we just hear uh, that abusive foul language. I mean, it's, it's not only just out in uh, out in the public places, but it's on television and, and it's in movies and that, all that kind of stuff. And I know when Debbie and I, <clears throat> if we start watching a show or a movie or something, and it, if the first couple of minutes it gets into that foul language, then we're done with it because neither one of us want to be exposed to that kind of, of language because we know that's not God's will for, for us to hear it. It's not God's will to, for those things to be, be said. Uh, disobedient to parents. Um, wow. Discipline in, in homes and at schools are, uh, it's a tough, tough thing. Um, and uh, children, I know, I mean, we've got a good group of, of kids here and, and all, but there are families that, that struggle with uh, their children and, and how disobedient they are. They're, they're just rebellious. Uh, and, and rebellion is something that we know does not please God. Um, whether it's against parents or whether it's against against God. They're going to be unthankful. They're ungrateful. Um, I think uh, one of the things that, that we like doing, uh, Debbie and I do, is, is we pray before every meal and give God thanks for that. And I think it's, 
it's a great habit to get into to do that um, because so many people they have uh, they're not thankful for anything so many people nowadays are they think that they deserve whatever they have and I deserve to get this and I deserve to have that uh, why sometimes they don't even know why but they just uh, they just think that it should be something that they they deserve um, they're unthankful, ungrateful, they're unholy. Um, I remember growing up, uh, I'm just remembering all kinds of things from when I grew up. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you, you heard the saying, oh, they're holier than thou. Well, what's wrong with holiness? What's wrong with being holy? That's, uh, holiness is something that we should all covet and strive for uh, Hebrews 12 14 tells tells us to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord so that's a great great reason um, do we want to be holier than thou no we don't want to make ourselves say well I'm better than this person I'm better than that person because you know I do something that I think pleases God that's not what we're talking about we're talking about um, being faithful to the Lord being guided by the Holy Spirit and um, pursue peace with all people in verse 3, uh, he continues on. He says, people are unloving. And uh, the word he uses there is estorge, which that's a, one of the Greek words uh, for love, which we know there are several, agape, uh, phileo, eros. Um, but uh, storge, uh, that's the love that holds the family together. And Astorge is just the opposite of that. So when he's talking about people being unloving, he's talking about that that love that holds families together. And uh, there's an absence of that love in, in many families today. They just, they have no love for one another. Uh, I talked about it earlier. They don't want to sacrifice for others. They're unforgiving. Uh, God, God gave his only son for us to forgive us our sins. And so how can we be so callous as not to forgive others in our life for some silly thing that uh, they might have done uh, towards us? Uh, slanders. God hates slander. He, uh, he, he doesn't... People that, you know, say things against other people... Uh, people are without self-control. Uh, they won't say no to themselves. Uh, I, and I'm, I just finished reading Judges, and, and um, it's sometimes I feel like we're in a time like the Judges where they said uh, it, it, everything's right in their own eyes. Uh, there was no king, so they did what, whatever was right in their own eyes. And uh, that's going to lead us uh, down a bad, bad road when we start thinking that way. Um, they're brutal. 
And the, the very first thing that I thought of when I read that was, um, and I don't, <laughs> don't, don't get mad at me, young guys, because uh, I think of video games, and I think of how violent some of these video games are and the brutality that's in them. But it's not just video games, it's uh, entertainment in general. Uh, it's so violent. Um, I, uh, I, every, every day, I, I, Debbie and I have started not watching the news as much as we used to, but I still watch the local news uh, sometimes and and unfortunately we see um, in in Louisville that there's children getting uh, or teenagers uh, get murdered almost every day down there um, it would make me be afraid to walk the streets down there in some of those neighborhoods where uh, these things are happening and um, it, it's just some of that maybe uh, I don't know whether it has anything to do with uh, video games but just media and general entertainment in general leads itself a lot of times to to that, the, the brutality that, that happens in, in this country uh, they're despisers of good uh, they can't get right and wrong straight in their minds. Uh, you know, right, right, they think right is wrong and wrong is right. And uh, it, it's confusion, you know, it's total confusion in their minds uh, about the difference between right and wrong. Um, you know, many states, uh, political candidates, uh, they're, they're not able to be elected because of their stances on biblical truth. And what is that? That's truth. It's what's right. You know, they're professing what's right, but they can't get elected because their constituency uh, thinks that uh, their ideas are outdated or they're, they're not dealing in reality. Well, one day they'll learn what uh, that reality really is. Uh, traitors, their word means nothing. Uh, people's word means nothing anymore. I, I think about a lot of these athletes and their baseball or uh, football contracts. Uh, they just hire a different lawyer to get out of their contract, a higher paid lawyer. Uh, their head people of verse 4, they're headstrong, they're haughty. Uh, nothing gets in the way of what um, these people want to do. And I think that's um, kind of the bottom line. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, they're addicted to pleasure. And uh, I, I tried to look up how much money was spent on entertainment. Well, you, you know what? When, when I searched it on the internet... All I could find was 36.6 billion, with a B, billion dollars, was spent, but that was just on digital entertainment. So, you know, there's so much more. I mean, going to ball games and and uh, movies and all this, so many other things. So I'm sure it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars uh, what people spend um, on entertainment. Um, why can't we, for entertainment, uh, just be with our families 
and share with them and and love on them and care about them and and go out to the park and maybe read the bible together uh and and talk about the lord and what the lord has done in their lives why can't we do that instead of feeling like we have to go to now, don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with movies some movies i mean actually the church is possibly sponsoring a, a movie here uh, pretty soon but uh, there's not a lot of violence in it um, but anyway um, again it's just the difference between when it comes to spending time with the Lord or, or spending time with doing other things like uh, you know entertainment um, we want to we want to choose to spend our time with the Lord. Um, verse five, <clears throat> it says uh, these people are having a form of godliness but denying its power. Um, in the last days, there's you know there's going to be all these false teachers, and and I mean. Again, we're in the last days and it's happening right now. There are so many uh, people out there that are uh, pre preaching a religion, but um, this religion is just religion in an outward appearance. It, it's an empty religion. Um, the, they won't say what's, what's right and wrong. They deny that there are absolute truths and uh, they they talk about or their characteristics of all the things that we just read uh, from verses one through four. Um, the, the religious activities they they don't have uh, any connection, uh, and this is the main point. They don't have any um, connection with a living relationship with with Jesus. Um, the power of God and the Holy Spirit is what brings changes to our lives. And uh, Satan tries to blind us. He tries to deceive us into, into thinking that uh, these attitudes and uh, these sins that we talked about in verses 1 through 4 are okay. Uh, but as the scripture says, uh, from such people turn away and that was the end of that verse 5 they have a form of godliness deny its power and from such people turn away verse 6 says for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins and led away by various lusts always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what Paul's describing here are uh, false teachers again, and they they prey on uh, women and not and this, don't get me wrong, it's not just women. I mean, men are gullible. Some men are gullible to this this type of thing too. They sneak in, and um, when they're uh, and I think the main point about this is where um, this, for this sort, they creep in and um, they make captives loaded down with sins. 
these these women or men, whatever it may be, um, they're not they're not grounded in the Word of God, and if you're not grounded in Scripture, it's it's much easier to be taken uh, taken in by these evil uh, men, especially if uh, that gullible woman which it talks about here and I'm just reading again and it could be a, a man or a woman uh, but if they're dealing with uh, known sin in their lives and uh, they're after fleshly desires uh, then they're, they're, uh, they're much, it's much easier for a false teacher to um, invade their lives and to lead them down that path, that wrong path um, that leads to destruction. Um, when when it says here, um, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, um, there are, these people are willing to read, and they may be open to um, to discussing religion and to discussing God. But they read and they read and they read, but they never come to that knowledge that God is supreme, there's only one God, and that the things that uh, are in the Bible that God wrote down, uh, that, that those things are the only way for, to salvation. In uh, verse 8, he says, Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses to do these, also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. So Janus and Jambres, um, they, they weren't named in, in Exodus, but... Uh, they were Jewish tradition says that they were the names of two of the uh, sorcerers who Pharaoh brought out. Um, if you remember the story uh, about uh, when Moses took his staff and he threw it down and it and it turned into a snake, and then the sorcerers uh, of Pharaoh came and they threw their uh, staffs down and uh, they became snakes as well uh, but and Janus and Jambres supposedly were uh, two of the guys that that did that um, so um, the thing about it is that what of course we know the the cool thing about it was that uh, Moses staff uh, ate up the other two snakes and uh, so uh, that's kind of a cool way to lose your staff, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> uh, these guys, what they do is uh, they, it's imitation and deception. That's what those sorcerers were doing. Um, when we know the truth and we hear the truth, that exposes uh, the corruption and the corrupt minds of these false teachers. Um, Corrupt minds lead to compromise, and uh, you know, unfortunately, 
so many of the things, and I think about Satan uh, when he was deceiving Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, most the most dangerous lie that gets told is the one that has 95% truth in it. And uh, that's, that's how uh, Satan deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. Um, these guys, uh, you know, it says that they're, they're disapproved. They have corrupt minds, but they're disapproved co concerning the faith. Uh, their character and their empty religion will be uh, revealed. And uh, we, we all know that God decides what's right and what's wrong because it's all written down in the Word of God. God loves this, and, and it's so hard for some people to understand that it's his love that that really sustains us and how he cares for us and the things that he puts down in his word are not things that are going to harm us and they're not it's not like he's trying to keep us from something that's going to make us happy you know the real joy is going to come when we get to heaven and god says well done thy good and faithful servant Moving on to verse 10, it says, But you have carefully followed, and this, this kind of um, is where Paul changes gears a little bit, and uh, he says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which have happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, and what persecutions I, at Lystra, and what persecutions I endured. And out of them, all the Lord delivered me. Yes, the Lord delivered. And I, I just wanted to read another spot here. It's in Second Corinthians 11. About the things that Paul suffered. Uh, starting in verse, and you don't have to turn there, but starting in verse uh, 24, it says, From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night, a day, and I, and I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils... In the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, and uh, in weariness and toll and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fasting often, in cold and and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. <laughs> wow, what a great life, right? But. Through all those things, Paul remained faithful to Jesus. He didn't change. He didn't change um, his, uh, his testimony. He didn't change his doctrine. I talked about that a little bit on Wednesday night. Uh, his doctrine was what it was. It was all about Jesus and, you know, he he presented it differently to different groups when he went in to these town and towns and preached, uh, but it was 
it wasn't changing the message. He just, when, when he spoke to Jews, he talked about in reference to patriarchs. And we, we talked about weak Christians. Uh, and he said he became weak uh, to, to preach to them. Um, Timothy, uh, he, he's faithfully and carefully followed Paul's doctrines. Uh, the, and I, I just want to go back here a little bit. Uh, um, <clears throat> his manner of life, you know, again, he doesn't change. His purpose, his faith, um, he was long-suffering, love. I think that's one of the, one of the main uh, characteristics of Paul I respect most. He loved others and he persevered through all these persecutions and these afflictions uh, which happened to him. And uh, what did he do? I mean, um, when, when, it says, when I say Timothy it's carefully followed um, Paul, um, Timothy probably met Paul when he was uh, in, in Lystra and uh, or whether he met him or not, uh, it was either there or Derby. Um, he saw what uh, Paul had done and, and the persecutions that, that he suffered from uh, the Jewish uh, guys that were following him around from Iconium and, and the other town cities. They, they followed Paul around just so they could, uh, um, you know, try to shout him down and, and uh, try and tell everybody he was wrong because they didn't, they didn't believe in Jesus. Um, but Paul never changed his message. Um, all these characteristics of Paul's life uh, that Timothy had been uh, exposed to and able to observe um, were, were all right there. Um, Timothy probably, there's a good possibility, he saw uh, Timothy, or, or he saw Paul get stoned in Lystra again because um, we think that Timothy was from Lystra. Um, that story, or that, uh, that's in Acts 14 and verses 19 and 20 where it talks about Paul getting stoned to death and, <laughs> you know, what's Paul do? They drag him out, they think he's dead, and, and leave him lay, and uh, what's he do? He goes back to the city, right where, you know, he had been stoned. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> I'd been on the first ship or the first horse and buggy or whatever out of that place, but not Paul. That's, that's Paul's love and his perseverance for the people. And, and he wants everyone to know the love of God. He wants everyone to know that, the, that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus died for them and he was resurrected. And now that he's at the right hand, sitting at the right hand of God. Uh, Verse 12, that's a, another great verse. Uh, all, yes, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, Paul talked about uh, 
you know, his deliverance. And I don't exactly feel like, uh, you know, being stoned to death is uh, the way I would consider being delivered. <laughs> I, I would have thought being delivered would have meant that, you know, somebody would have come and rescued me before these guys started stoning me. But that's, that's Paul, that's his heart. Um, and I'm here to tell you that all of us that profess uh, Christ Jesus will all suffer some kind of a persecution in this life here. And I'm not just talking about, you know, we, we think uh, a lot of times missionaries suffering persecution. And yeah, they do. And they probably suffer more than we might hear uh, in the United States. But uh, well, there are persecutions uh, that we do undergo uh, here in this country. Uh, God didn't promise us deliverance from persecution. Uh, and get this, he, he doesn't promise us deliverance from persecution, but he does promise us deliverance through persecution. So in other words, he's going to provide for us, he's going to deliver us, and it may not be the way we want to be delivered. And, and like Paul, he was stoned, but... Uh, persecution uh, he uses so many times to grow us in the Lord and uh, we need to be faithful Christians no matter where God places us and I think that's so important today uh, we need to we need to just be faithful because God is faithful to us um, verse 13 but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yes, guys, that uh, that's that's a scary thing. These impostors, they uh, they're the kind of guys that that prey on these gullible women. And one of the most scary things about them is that they even deceive themselves. They, they begin to think that this false thing that they're talking to others about, uh, that it is real. And they may start out knowing that it's a lie, but then the more they keep telling this lie over and over and over, well, then they start believing their own lies. And again, these guys, uh, they're scary. And... Uh, there's only one way that we recognize those people, and that's through the Word of God. Uh, you have to be diligent to, to read and, and to know what, uh, know your Bible, know your Bible. Um, verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. You see, Timothy had a great upbringing. His mother and his grandmother were both um, Christians, and he had that godly heritage that he grew up with. He was taught the truth of the scriptures again by his mother and grandmother. And uh, Paul is uh, telling him he needs to stick with those things. And uh, 
we need to stress those traits to our or those uh, traits to our children as well. Uh, we need uh, both God's Word and the Holy Spirit, and one can't uh, live without the other. The Word without the power of the Spirit uh, can be lifeless. It's that thing about knowledge. You know, we can we can read and read and read the Bible, but if we don't take those truths into our heart and and live those truths, then it's powerless. But the when uh, the word is empowered by the Holy Spirit, then that's what becomes a living force in our lives. And uh, love, again, is, is at the crux of that. Um, God loves us, and we need to love him back and uh, love others. That was, that was one of the commandments, the main commandments that Jesus told. Uh, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, spirit, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, verse 16, um, and this is, I know, one of Scott's favorite verses. I feel so inadequate trying to teach this verse because... Uh, um, but it, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul emphasizes how all scripture is God-breathed. God's the author of the Bible. He used prophets, he used uh, poets. He used Moses. He used so many people throughout the Bible uh, to write down his words. But we can never, ever forget that these words were God-breathed by the Spirit in, into the men that wrote them down. God is the author of the Bible. Um, when it talks about uh, doctrine, it's, it's profitable for doctrine. That means it's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof. And reproof is telling us what's wrong. It's profitable for correction. And uh, correction is how to get to what's right. And finally, it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. And uh, that tells us how to stay right. And so um, the man of God that, that does these things, he's going to be complete. He's going to be complete. He's going to be fully mature. And uh, he's going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, it's only through God's word that we are, that we as heirs, children of God, that we can be fully equipped for every good work. And the call of God in our lives, uh, we need to be open to hear that call. And uh, we can't be effective and we cannot be fruitful in our lives without uh, the teaching and, and the learning of God's word. Uh, like Timothy, uh, as he's telling, 
or as Paul's telling Timothy, um, he needs to stand fast. And uh, we read that in Second Thessalonians not long ago. We need to be stand fast in the Word. And um, last year, I think, I taught uh, in Jude. And uh, Jude told us that we need to contend earnestly for the faith. And, and I think those are, there are two characteristics in our lives that we need to, to hold on to and embrace. We need to stand fast for God and His Word, and we need to contend early, earnestly for that faith. So, um, Paul is, is such a great, great mentor uh, to Timothy, and uh, I think I'm... I just know that Timothy continued on um, as he should have and uh, even after Paul's death. So um, again, we just need to, to contend earnestly for, for the faith, for our faith, and we need to love God as much as he loves us. So Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for... Thank you for Paul and for his example of how uh, through all the persecutions, all the sufferings that he went through, that he stood fast for your word. It didn't matter who was persecuting him or what men were coming against him. He never, he never uh, crawfished on, on what uh, he was teaching. He remained faithful to your doctrine. And uh, I think, it, Lord, I just thank you for Timothy as well. And, and uh, I just pray that as we go out uh, today that we would, uh, we would just proclaim your word to others if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, tell others how much you love them, Father and uh, how much grace you have for us. Your forgiveness is so, so important. And Lord, um, just lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit, I pray. And uh, we just, again, want to be sure to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And as, as Scott always says, have an awesome, awesome week. Yes. <laughs> uh.